Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. California State University faculty held a series of one-day strikes this past week across four campuses, including here in the Bay at San Francisco State. The California Faculty Association, which represents 29,000 professors, lecturers, librarians, and counselors, says that without better pay and smaller classes, the quality of students' education suffers. And at San Francisco State, workers are particularly upset, as the university also plans to cut hundreds of jobs and classes next year. We are the engine of this uh, university. Your university consists of faculty and students. Today, the Cal State faculty strikes. On Tuesday, I went to San Francisco State University's campus. Juan Carlos Lara is a reporter for KQED. SF State is one of four CSU campuses that was participating in this series of single-day strikes this week. So it started with Cal Poly Pomona on Monday, SF State was Tuesday, then that was followed by CSU LA, and Sacramento State was the last day. I'd say the mood was very energized. There were a few hundred people there for the strike. There was a lot of anger and frustration around the stalling in negotiations, but people also seemed pretty hopeful that something productive would come of their collective action and that they could pressure the university to make more movement at the bargaining table. Well, tell me a little bit more about who exactly is on strike across these four campuses. So this strike was held by the California Faculty Association, which represents some 29,000 faculty across the CSU's 23 campuses. So that would be professors, lecturers, librarians, counselors, and coaches. Hmm. And uh, joining the CFA on strike for these four days was actually the Teamsters Union, which represents about 1,100 skilled trades workers on those campuses. So they have their separate negotiations, but they joined in solidarity for these four days. And why are CSU faculty striking right now? Yeah, I mean, the big thing is 
as usual, you know, salary. The lowest paid lecturers in the CSU make about 54K. So they're trying to raise that floor to 64. uh, And they're trying to get a 12% general salary increase for this year, for 2023-2024 school year. They argue that class sizes have been slowly increasing and that decreases the amount of time they're able to give one-on-one attention to students. They are also hoping for a full semester of paid parental leave. There are also a few other things like lactation centers on campuses that are accessible and gender-neutral restrooms and, and other things. Negotiations between the CSU and the faculty union have kind of stalled. So they held these four days of strikes to kind of show the university that they were willing to hold work stoppages to get what they wanted. I know you had a chance to talk with some folks out there at the strike. What do faculty that you spoke with say about what it's like to work for CSU right now and why they don't feel like they're getting what they deserve? Across the board, they're cutting. So all the humanities courses have been uh, cut. Ali Kashani is a senior lecturer of uh, political philosophy at SF State. So if you're a lecturer faculty here, you're you're teaching more than two courses, you have a health care. So once you lose that job, you lose your health care automatically. So I think that's a major impact. He was pretty upset. You know, we're just barely going to be, you know, dealing with the inflation. It's not like we're not asking anything more, you know. We live in a very expensive area, so 12% is nothing. He feels like more money is going toward administrators, campus presidents and chancellors who get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, while the people actually teaching these courses and supporting students are kind of struggling to make ends meet. The chancellor, uh, who's a new chancellor, is making million dollars. And all the other, you know, the presidents, there is no problem giving those people raises. And uh, when it comes to us, we are the engine of this, uh, you know, university. Your university consists of faculty and students. And I talked to Blanca Messe, who's an associate professor of French at SF State. They kind of talked about why faculty are so angry and riled up and we're, we're so ready for this strike. But the reason why it was not very hard to organize a strike at San Francisco State, I mean, it was a lot of organizing work, but it's because the faculty were ready to go. Because when you're losing 300 lecture line faculty for next semester, people who've been working here for 20 years, when you see programs being devastated, decimated, students struggling to graduate, I mean, faculty get angry. I want to talk about how CSU is responding so far. How has the university system administrators responded to these demands by faculty? University administrators have made some small movement. So they went from their initial proposal of a 4% salary increase for the year to 5%. They were initially suggesting that the salary increases take effect after the contract is signed. The union's pushing for that to be retroactive to the beginning of the year. But in general, the university administration hasn't really made much movement on these demands they kind of argue that they're too expensive and that they can't afford them. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say 5% offer compared to a 12% demand. I mean, that is a pretty big gap 
there between the CSU and its faculty. But why do administrators say that CSU doesn't have enough money to pay these raises? What is their rationale there? Yeah, well, CSU administrators say that if they did agree to a 12% annual pay increase would result in like $380 million a year for them. That's more than the annual budgets for some of their campuses. They also say that emergency funding that they were getting from the state during the first few years of the pandemic have gone away, that enrollment is kind of on the decline, and that they don't think that agreeing to these pay increases will be sustainable in the long term for them. Coming up, why university administrators at San Francisco State say declining enrollment is going to make it hard for them to give faculty what they want. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That point about declining enrollment is really interesting to me. I'm curious what we know about how CSUs have been doing in terms of enrollment and, and what role is that really playing in all of this? This year's fall undergraduate enrollment for the CSUs as a whole is about 6.5% lower than it was in 2019. Obviously, they took a hit uh, at the start of the pandemic, but that hasn't really seen a full recovery. And it seems like the anticipation is that it won't be with California's overall population being in slight decline and, and people having kids at slightly slower rates. So I have a budget that I, that I build based on two sources. I got to speak to the university's president, Lynn Mahoney. The state's allocation, the tax dollars I get, and then the tuition I collect from students. And that's the money I can count on year after year. And that's what I use to pay my employees. For San Francisco State, those declines are even worse. This year compared to 2019's fall undergraduate enrollment has seen a 20% decline. And the university says that it needs to adapt to that by making these substantive cuts. So they were looking at about 125 full-time equivalent lecturer positions and more than like 600 classes to be cut. We're down about five or 6,000 students. Most lecturers aren't full-time, so the union estimates that that would be about more than 300 lecturers that would be laid off. Mahoney said that she understands 
But she says tough decisions have to be made and that if enrollment continues to decline, the university has to adjust for that in its staffing levels. My role as a university president is to keep the university financially solvent in the best interest of the graduation rates of our students. But I've got to keep it financially solvent. Okay, so CSU says they can't afford these pay raises that the faculty are demanding. And on top of that, at San Francisco State, there's also these looming job cuts because of enrollment decline. How is the union responding to those claims by the CSU and the university? The union hired its own financial analyst to look at the university's finances. That analyst found that the university regularly has surpluses at the end of each year and that its reserves have been growing and are now in the range of $8 billion. So they don't think that the university even needs to use its reserves to pay for these raises. They think that with the surpluses it sees every year, this is something they can accommodate. Of course, the university denies that. They have been giving us a kind of gloom and doom financial narrative. I spoke with Brad Erickson, who's the president of the San Francisco State chapter of the faculty union. He said the university sort of has a history of not being transparent with its finances and that their look at uh, future financial situations is usually more pessimistic and that it's in their best interest to kind of keep costs down. Last year was actually the best the strongest financial year in the CSU and at San Francisco State. So I trust the independent accountant. And and at any rate, it puts a reasonable skepticism for anyone watching this situation to be skeptical about management's claims about both the impact of enrollment decline and their real financial situation. Well, You know, we've been talking about a series of one-day strikes, but it doesn't really sound like these issues are going to be resolved anytime soon. So are we going to see more of these strikes, Juan Carlos? I think that's entirely possible, if not likely. These four-day strikes were planned as sort of a testing ground so that union officials could start gathering up their support. It's notable that these strikes weren't only attended by faculty of those respective campuses. Some faculty kind of went from around the area to the strike nearest them Mm -hmm. to participate. The union was also sort of motivated by trying to avoid disruptions to students because, of course, we're in December right now. Students are nearing their finals in the end of the term. So they were hoping that this would kind of push the union to come back to the table with more meaningful proposals. If it doesn't, which it's very likely it won't, they'll probably plan bigger strikes. And it will not be for one day anymore. So that will be Blanca said that they totally anticipate larger strikes going on for longer and covering more campuses in the spring if there's no movement at the bargaining table. So they have a chance to do what they have to do, the CSU. But if they don't do it, we'll give them another nudge with more strikes next semester. What do you think this is all going to mean for students at the end of the day? Um, Not just the strikes, but whatever comes out of these negotiations between 
faculty and the CSU. One of the lines that the faculty union has pushed a lot in these rallies and in these strikes is that faculty working conditions are student learning conditions. I think it's fair to say that lower class sizes and better compensated faculty, which would translate to lower turnover, would be beneficial to students. So some of these gains could potentially mean students have more one-on-one time with their professors and they see less turnover in the professors that they have. But in the meantime, it might mean disruptions. Uh, The beginning of the spring semester might be marked by prolonged strikes and obviously they won't be having classes if that becomes the case. Well, Juan Carlos, thank you so much for taking the time to break this down. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. That was Juan Carlos Lara, a reporter for KQED. This 25-minute conversation with Juan Carlos was cut down and edited by me. Maria Esquinka is our producer. She scored this episode and added all the tape. Our senior editor is Alan Montecilio. Shout out as well to the rest of our podcast team here at KQED. That's Jen Chien, our director of podcasts. Katie Springer, our podcast operations manager. Cesar Saldana, our podcast engagement producer. And Maha Sanad, our podcast engagement intern. And Holly Kernan, our chief content officer. If you aren't already, make sure you are subscribed to The Bay so that you never miss a beat. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next week. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.